0: Hello and welcome to another video and podcast from FantasyFootballScout.co.uk. My name is David and today I'm joined by Gianni uh, for another episode of FPL Winners. Uh, once again, uh, the actual former winner of FPL is not actually here because he right now is on his way to England to enjoy <laughs> the free games he gets for winning FPL. That's oh. Ali or FPL Guns as you, as you may know him by. So I'm filling him uh, again, but of course joined by regular Sunday night um, Co-host, I suppose, is the best way of describing you,
1: Johnny. How are you doing uh, after a full weekend of Premier League football? Yeah, mate, I'm. I'm very well. Um, terrible day in FPL for me, but look, you have those days, and I don't. Want to get too beaten up about it? Like, it's still so, so close. I didn't actually know my overall rank, David. I knew I was on a red arrow until I've just <laughs> loaded the YouTube screen and I'm I can so see sorry. it on screen. Look, I was gonna. I was definitely going to see it at some point tonight, tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Um, that's the, yeah, that's the harm of creating content. If you don't want to see your rank, you can't really help it because people will ask you and it will be on screen. But yeah, I think I started the game week around half a million, 500K. And yeah, 854 um, off the back of... Um, well, the City city conceding didn't help. But um, yeah, in fact, City conceding really cost me. I had Guardiola. The Gabriel spot, David, has caused me all <laughs> sorts of problems. And whilst many by game week three were over the Gabriel spot because they had Gusto or they had Udogi come in, well, I went Guardiola and got the late clean sheet wipeout, which not only meant six points. In fact, he was close to bonus. It probably would have been a seven, maybe an eight, down to two. It also meant that... Foden came onto the pitch and that wiped out my six point of Colewell, But oh. it is what it is. I guess we're here to talk about the good things and the... Um... The, the games which were amazing i really enjoyed watching super sunday without fpl interest and it was uh yeah some good matches yeah that newcastle liverpool game was really nice because i could see in all of my mini leagues that basically
0: everybody was done for the day <laughs> yeah. in effect and so yeah the, the game didn't cost me much in, in terms of rank um, and i do apologize that the rank is is on the screen um it just comes with the territory but i will give you um you know some so, some uh glimmer of hope uh, which is going to sound like i'm just gloating which i partially am but at the same no, time we need to hear to. this We uh, need to hear this this I, is amazing i went into game week uh three 366k so like a fairly solid ish start um then on Saturday, I uh, didn't have the best day. Uh, just got a few points here and there. Uh, I'm trying to think who I didn't have. I've top of my head, I don't know. But basically, I went down to 540k. So I was a bit sort of like, oh, okay. Going into Sunday morning thinking like, well, I could I could do with some some bits and bobs there. I need Foden to, to come off for me, um, for example. So 540k. Uh, Foden doesn't start. So I'm like, oh, okay, great. Then Cash <laughs> scored twice for me. Diaby got a goal and assist. And I went from 540K to 12K just in 90 minutes. Like that's how much, it, how quickly things can change at this stage of the season. Then I think the Foden... Uh, sorry, the Man City Clean Sheet White cost me... Uh, no, sorry, it didn't cost me. It, it helped me, pushed me up to 10K. Then uh, Foden came on and blocked uh, some auto sub points and pushed me down, I think, <laughs> to 15K. And then Salah came along uh, and uh, pushed me down another 2K. So, like... Things can change super fast. You, you, if you're looking at a rank around 854,000, like Johnny is right now, that's not a bad place to be. To be honest, I always like to think if you're around game week six, as long as you're in the top million, you've done enough to use that as a staging point to go on and you know really make some inroads for the rest of the beginning of the campaign. So I wouldn't be uh, be too worried. But let us know how you're getting on in the chat. Let us know um, how your game week's gone. Um, also, let's get some likes in as well. We've got 133 of you uh, watching so far. Only 19 of you have liked it. I think Johnny could really do with some likes today because he's you know a bit gutted about how his game he's gone so far let's see if we can push let's see if we can get more likes than he has
1: OR can we get over 854,000 likes let's see what we can do or <laughs> <laughs> well, um, 85.4 maybe yeah I, I've just seen in the chat RT Whitby and we read all the chat guys Mark Southerns has cash on his bench oh, oh wow. Mark it gets from bad to worse oh uh, well it's not there it's, you go I can't feel sorry for myself when Mark's got all those points on his bench well it's cash it. it's not for everybody is it so
0: you know oh well <laughs> <laughs> um, but we've actually had a super chat already, actually, uh, from uh, from Nick Diogadano who says, still early in the week, but I'm thinking of using my one free transfer to swap uh, a midfielder. I'm all over Arsenal and United with Saka Martinelli, Odegaard, Bruno and Rashford. Who would you remove? We're going to jump into our teams in a second. Then we're going to have a look at some of the games. But as you've uh, been so kind as to send us a £5 super chat, Nick, we will just give your question a bit of thought because there's going to be a lot of people in this particular boat right now. Um, It's going to be
1: one of the Arsenal mids. Like, we'll look later at the non penalty XGI, and a lot of these midfielders feature. Like, Saka's super high. Bruno's, I think, number one. Rashford's still sort of top 10. Odegaard and Martinelli, so far down. Like, they have, when you take the penalty away from Odegaard, of course. They are one of the two you get rid of. I think even I think I'll be selling Martinelli this week to accommodate Madison. I think that'll be my move. Yeah, I'm looking at at Madison uh, as well
0: and he's been doing very, very well in the members area which uh, we will just uh, give a quick shout out to uh, now. If you've not sorted out your fantasy football scout membership for, uh, well, I was about to say the start of the campaign, it doesn't matter anymore because the campaign has begun but it is useful every single week. It's never too late to sign up ahead of the game week four deadline. It can be very, very useful for you. A lot of what you're going to see here in this video is is coming from there as well. You can still save up to 30% on those pre-season prices. It makes a huge, huge difference when you're preparing for a game week and it certainly fuels a lot of decisions i've made so far and it's come off pretty well so far so if you want to try and get up to 19k then get in the members area as well and it hopefully will make a difference uh johnny you've not had i I still want to say you've not had a bad start to the season even though it was a tough game week 46 points am i right in saying
1: yeah do you want to talk us through
0: what your transfers were and uh, sort of how that shaped your game week
1: yeah i mean i had the two free transfers i was happy i went watkins to jackson like it it was the Bernie fixture which scared me a little bit about selling Watkins. Like I'm okay now. The next few, I'm okay going without Watkins in five versus seven. Um, and then I went the Gabriel spot. Gabriel, I sold to Guardiol. If I hadn't have made that transfer, I'd bench Gabriel. And that was that was the, the I was considering that. But to be fair, I was driven by the price drops. It the price drops forced my hand, and maybe that that goes to show. You shouldn't matter too much, especially this season when money doesn't feel like it's an issue. Um, so Guardiola comes in. I think that City will keep a ton of clean sheets. They're the best defence in the league. I want that cover. And against Sheffield United, I don't know the XG off the top of my head, but, I mean, Sheffield United didn't look like they were going to have a sniff. I think I saw a graphic maybe 60 minutes in. They hadn't had a single shot all game. Um, but, yeah, that happens. And then, obviously, that's all the Foden coming on. So, that's fine. Um, I do think I'll sell Martinelli. Um, I want to... I haven't seen enough from Arsenal's attack to justify having a double up in midfield. Um, and their XG and their creation wasn't bad against Fulham as it should have been. Fulham's defense is poor, but we haven't seen that attack click yet. And I'm okay. I know Jesus is likely to be back soon and that's better for Martinelli, but I really want to jump on Madison. So I think that'll be my transfer. And we'll look at some of the Madison's numbers later yeah Madison certainly looks very very good and uh, he's who uh, I'm considering actually getting for my team
0: I'll just stick mine up uh, on the screen uh, as I said really sorry everybody out there 70 points for me um, I had the two awesome. free transfers I only I only wanted to spend one of them because I just felt like I wanted an extra week before I did the big reshuffle and, and to be fair if I'd have gone for Jackson which I could have done it actually would have I would have gained myself six points over Pedro I thought Pedro was going to start I was wrong on that yeah. count uh, but that's fine I now have confirmation that Pedro has got to go, and that's fine. Um, Gabrielle's kind of the same thing, really. Um, Rashford was only ever going to be, you know, sort of one more chance, uh, and thankfully, uh, my, my view was I'll get something out of him, but whatever he does, he's gone. Um, and so, thank you, Rashford, for seven points uh, in uh, in your final game for me. So, yeah, four points for Flecken as well. So um, he's he's already doing his job in the sense that he's getting bonus and saves, etc. Even when he's not keeping clean sheets, which is what Brentford goalkeepers did last year. So thank yep. you for carrying that on. And then, yeah, Cash seventeen points i mean i i've seen a few other people with cash and I don't want to necessarily uh, d- just be that guy. I'm going to see a few people saying there's some luck here. Of course it is always marginally lucky when you get a defender to score twice in a game um, but the thing is what I've seen from him at the start of the season has been really really good. I feel like it being invested in the Villa defence was something that was that's something I wanted to do from minute one. I've had a Villa defender in my team literally since the game launched. It was going to be part of a rotation he wasn't in my starting 11 in game week 1. He then came in game week 2 and 3 what I'd seen of him in those games I felt there was a haul coming so um, I think everyone's sleeping on Villa defence to be honest um, probably because of that Newcastle game I think today shows that um, there's a lot of options there so yeah 17 points very happy with that uh, Stupin and Chilwell kind of everyone's got those now Rashford I think is going to go for Madison and um, Bermot so easy hold DRB again an easy hold because he's still a bit of a differential and looking looking tidy uh, we're going to talk about Foden probably uh, in a bit uh, but four points from Foden I'm not unhappy with would have liked more uh, I As I've said before, it's cost me seven points. If he didn't come on, that's 11 points from Anderson from the bench. So, you know, first world problems abound in my team. Um, (laughs) Saka, again, is an easy hold. So I'm in a fairly decent position. Two free transfers for game week four. I probably will use all of them and a minus four to probably do Gabriel to maybe a Newcastle defender so that they're tucked away in the corner ready for game week six. Rashford to Madison, Pedro to Jackson. Seems kind of easy.
1: Yeah, like that. You're in a good place, mate. And you're still going to be left with tons of money in the bank. That was the beauty of your downgrade for Salah. And obviously, in price, you're also going to be downgraded in Rashford. So a lot of money <laughs> there, which is which is pretty cool. Um, guys, let's have a look at some of the uh firstly, awesome that over 200 of you are watching. If you like these Sunday night streams, let us know in the comments of the video if you're watching on catch up. But if you want to hit that like button, that'd be awesome. We'd love to get to triple figures on the likes in the not too distant. Mm-hmm. But look. There were ten games played this weekend. We're going to touch on I don't know probably six, seven of them. The ones with big FPL interest. So I guess like, there's not a huge amount to discuss from Man City in terms of FPL interest. We'll do the today's games first, but um, and we've got we got some non XGI here on screen, which is I screen grabbed this morning before Sunday's fixtures, but we can see like there's some big names um, uh, on there. Um, so where should we start, David? What fixtures you want to start with? Yeah, well, tell what, let's talk about today's
0: games. And uh, I've, I've just put non-penalty XGI on the screen because it's probably the only one that has mild relevance on today's game. Because the, yeah. the, the thing is, the thing about today's games is that the stats—it's not—it's not necessarily about the stats. We, the, a lot of yeah. people are asking what to do with Foden. The Liverpool Newcastle game was really exciting, but had no FPL sort of influence on it. Um, yeah. I think um, this is—we should just say this is the thing when we covered the Sunday games. It's like it's hard for us to go through that data because it's kind of only just dropped in many ways so why don't we start with Foden
1: as a talking yeah. point because we've had loads of people asking about it what do we do with him i Guys, personally the, think it's an you're easy fine yeah. you're fine if you're on foden like foden i think wasn't well like he travelled separately we know that which makes me think he's had like he didn't i don't i think he missed the last training session as well and i think Akanji's been ill i think before that was bernardo silva ill i think there's probably been a little bit of flu going around the city camp like foden only came on today because they needed him in the last five, 10 minutes because Sheffield United scored. Like Ideally he wasn't going to feature because he wasn't well. He was man of the match against Newcastle. Pep wants to play him centrally. They've got Fulham at home next week. That's up there with the best fixtures on paper. I know Fulham at times were good against Arsenal, but look at the numbers of, of chances we'll see in a minute, how many Arsenal created. Um You keep Foden and you're happy with that. Elsewhere, like Harlem missing the penalty doesn't really matter. <laughs> His EO I think it was 190 at center my ranks was so i don't really care it. that's the first of Al- time and alvarez assist as well
0: yeah that's the thing i don't have alvarez and i'm not yeah. trying to be mean but it's like i was like yes that means people who have alvarez over and don't get the assist which as i said is mean but how when was the last time you remember being happy your
1: actual fpl captain missing a penalty <laughs> it's the first it's the first <laughs> but i would say is for a long time i've been I've blocked out Haaland points as captain. I've not celebrated them, but yeah, missing sure. a penalty is is, is 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 different. My final take on the Man City game, Dave, is like the 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 defense because it conceded again. I think will continue to be under overlooked a bit, like you said with Aston Villa, and that's a fair point. That's the memories come in the amount of clean sheets they've kept. Um, so again, I, I I like the fact that Guardiola at my ranks, i like 2% owned and, and Man City defence in general is probably 5 or 6% owned. So I'm okay. I, I like that. And again, the fixtures are looking really good for Man City. But I guess the, the big talking point today was in the Liverpool game was no one necessarily saw Liverpool coming back to win that. If only there was a Liverpool attacking player we knew started every week that wasn't named Mo, Mo Salah and wasn't million, we'd probably want to back that attack. I would love a Jota, a a Diaz, a Darwin, or a Hakpo if someone told me they were going to start every week because they're at great price points and Liverpool is a fun attack. But I can't see us going there because Klopp rotates it so, so much. Hmm. And then with Diaz as well, clearly expendable in uh, situations of of duress.
0: I mean, obviously, you know, the centre-backs aren't going to get sent off every game. But yeah, there is no clear individual winner other than... I guess Salah, who has has now returned in every game, um, which is not necessarily a shock to people because I think we all kind of figured he would get something. It's just how often would that be worth it? You know, how often would that be worth the 12.5 million? And, you know, I mean, for example, if I hadn't sold Salah for Foden this week and then instead used my free transfer to perhaps maybe tidy up the Gabriel situation, it actually would have gained me an extra point. So it's like in these additional sort of uh, situa- in these situational moments... Um, he's not a bad option. Uh, I mean, it's in many ways. If you've sold Salah, you know, spreading the money is that necessarily the best thing to do? Because in answer to that question, who is the best Liverpool attacker? I think it's still him. When yeah. we don't talk about money, uh, money of course does change it. But the, the, the fixtures do become a lot nicer at some point, and he's playing well enough to, to deserve consideration. So it's like, come on, guys! Like, that's where's the money? You know, um, <laughs> that's what we need. We need an alternative to Salah.
1: Yeah, and I wonder, like now Darwin's got his two goals, he was given the number nine shirt, over Hakpo over the way, um, pre-season. You'd think, with the investment Liverpool have made on Darwin, like the plan is for him to be the number nine. He's just not been good enough to warrant the starting spot. And obviously Klopp does love Hakpo, and, and you think about how he might try and shoehorn him in the eleven, even with Darwin. But eventually, maybe, maybe not game week four, but maybe slightly later down the line, we see Darwin getting successive starts, and we go, yeah, he's the man. But I want to compare him to... Jackson, I tweeted this during the game, like players like Jackson and Darwin get a lot of stick because they sometimes make clumsy touches or they sometimes look like they're they're missing a lot of big chances. But these players create chaos. Managers love them. And also big chances fall their own way, fall their way Not just because they're playing in good teams and chances are created for them, but because they're the sorts of strikers that are so busy, they create their own chances as well. And Darwin and Jackson are two great examples of that, that the casual football fan might go, oh, they're rubbish because they can't finish they should do better. And look, often you're right, maybe they should, but look at all the work they do off the ball, look at the big chances they get. And I think when they get minutes, they're good FPL assets because of the big chance volume. And we've seen that so far with Jackson in the very small window we've had of three game weeks. And we know from last season, Darwin's big shot creation is huge. So um, chances fall his way. And look, I mean, let's do Chelsea and Spurs now because two players that feature in the top four of this list are Jackson and Madison, two players I want to discuss. So Jackson was the bandwagon going into the game week, I guess. And I think that's justified. Like he got seven points. Obviously Sterling and Gusto outperformed him. But what we saw with Sterling, um, Jackson and Chelsea was... Good FPL options. Good FPL options when the fixtures are good. It was only Luton Forest will be better. but It's another home game, and then it's Bournemouth up next. Like if you don't own Jackson, I think you're moving to him in game week four. If you're not going Sterling, I think everyone's going to want one of those two Chelsea attackers, and you're in that camp too, right, Dave? You're you're, yeah. you're going you're going you're going Jackson. I think I will go Jackson. Yeah, I think.
0: Uh, I mean, I've kind of—I'd already booked in uh, a Chelsea attacker at some point. I mean, I even at one point in the preseason, I actually Sterling was in my very first draft. Which, you mm. know, uh, oh, he would say that. I mean, like you can—if people want to go back, you—you you will see my first <laughs> draft does have him in there. But I—I um, I think he's done very well in that game. Um, yep. I just think at the moment, Jackson is—is is a more viable uh, route. Uh, just for just for how my team is and it's going to be the same for other people as well finding a space yeah. in midfield is going to be a lot harder than finding one up front um, 100% so, so I agree with that there's that I think the timing is yeah you got to go this week to be honest if you didn't go game week 3 because you were kind of going down the, the line of don't I, I want to make a transfer with confidence? I.e., who is the attacker in Chelsea? Because do I want to double up? Perhaps not yet. So um, game before, four, absolutely, I think is now. Now is the time to do it because the fixtures continue to be really, really nice. Um, Jackson, I think, is the winner between him and Sterling. Yes, Sterling got a huge haul in this particular game week, but when you look at what the two players have achieved stat-wise in the first three games as well, um, I, I just prefer Jackson. So. Um, the two players, they don't really have that much. They have amazing chance creation. So Jackson's played three key passes, Sterling four, and then each has one big chance created each. They're not really there to do that, but that, that's fine. Um, they, they might come away with some fantasy assists from shots you know, shots going in off the rebound. Uh, Especially when you look at Jackson in terms of his actual um, shot persistence, very, very good. So 10 shots in the box so far. Only uh, Visser and Edouard have more after the first three game weeks. Uh, Five big chances have come his way. That's the most of any player in a Premier League. So he's leading that chart as well. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. even in a world with your Salas and your your Haalands. And then shots on target. Uh, Only one player has more shots on target than him. So his accuracy and his goal conversion rate admittedly is, is not not amazing, but it's not awful either. Goal conversion right now is 9.1%, which is kind of low, but maybe he's feeling his way into the Premier League. He's got his goal now. Expecting yeah. goal involvement in total uh, is, uh, I think it's yeah, 2.28. That's the fifth best in the league. Remove penalties from that. His number stays the same because he's not taking any. There's only three players ahead of him for that particular stat. Um, and when you look at what's on the screen right now, you know Sterling's not really in that same conversation. So again, just to compare the two players... Sterling 1.46 xgi so far Jackson 2.28 so he should have been involved in effectively at least one more goal so that for me is enough and it, and then you factor in the whole how you get one of these guys in your team it's much easier for Jackson so
1: yeah i, I massively agree with that and look i think there's a there'll be a lot of love for sterling and look, rightly so like i i still think he's a good pick in his own right but i do still prefer Jackson the expected assists for sterling all season and obviously he got one 0.54 all season <laughs> compare that with a midfielder like james madison we'll speak about him now 1.64 expected assist for madison and when you look at his non-penalty xgi we can see he's second to only bruno this season and madison owners have done well like you're going to be happy with madison's points so far what's he got 22 points in three mm. games not not too bad at all first goal for spurs game week three but you could argue he could and should have got more like he is Everything about this Spurs attack, like Spurs, we're so used to being a team built around Harry Kane. It feels like this Spurs team is completely now built around James Madison, and the formation works for him. Like the the Postacoglu way of it's it's a it's a four three three, and it's it's a it's a midfield three with they're meant to be two number eights. But what you see is you get the holder, the one number six, you get a holding midfielder, and then you get sar as a sort of out and out eight, and Madison an eight, but given no real eight responsibility. Yeah. I, kind of call him an out-and-out 10 with a free roll. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at his average position map and his heat map. He's in and around the box. He's often the closest player or even more advanced at times than Richarlison, who's playing number nine. Like, he's on all the set pieces. As long as he's fit, and Spurs, remember, don't have European football. Another reason why I like Jackson. Like, Chelsea and Spurs this season make the most of it because these guys are getting a full week on the training ground, no international travel midweek, and they're ready for, for every Saturday or Sunday. Madison obviously came off at 74, 75 minutes. He'd obviously, we, we knew he was a doubt going into game week three. Hopefully that's just, just a precaution. Um, but I really like him this game week. And as long as I see him in training ground photos, I'm pretty sure I can't go another week without Madison. I want him in my team. Yeah, he's 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 pretty much the first
0: name on my team sheet uh, for next week. Even though I don't own him yet, because yeah, I just have to get him. I mean, this team is is built around him. I think he's also inherited Kane's actual shirt as well. So he, he has absolutely, oh, yeah, because he is the number ten now. He has just absolutely taken responsibility for this team straight away. And um, the thing is, I'm, I'm gonna I'll talk about some of the, the actual FPL stuff in anyway, a but I want to bring in something that's just sort of loosely connected and more just about banter. To be honest, have you seen the video of him and the ball for the corner? Yeah, it's so from good the, from the Bournemouth fans' <laughs> phone. Yeah, it's so good. So if anyone who's not seen it, just go and have a look on any social media. You'll find it. He's ro- he's walking over to go take a corner, and the entire like um, end of Bournemouth fans that are like they, they sound like the ultras in effect are chanting like Southgate's right, you're something that rhymes with that, which I'm not going to say on a scout uh, feed. <laughs> um, just sort of really hurling abuse at him. And and he's and he just takes it. He's walking past them it, like they're not even there. And then he puts the the ball is already in the little quadrant to take the corner. And as he approaches it, he just rolls it outside so that it's now not in a legal place to take the corner. The whole Bournemouth stand just oh, what are you doing? And then he just looks up at them and laughs. And it's like he he he's not even phased by the, the the fans just being like that in his face. I uh, just oh he's so ready. He is he is in prime sort of like. It's almost like, you know, you see like Jamie Vardy, who could just play the opposition yeah. fans um, when his tail
1: was up. He'd, I mean, maybe that's where Madison learned some of that behavior from. Yeah. You never know. <laughs> he thrives on it. Doesn't he Mads. Like, And he's it, such a pleasure to listen to pre and post-match. And again, like TNT of the game and Jules Breach, one of her own big FPL fan. Mm. First question pre-match to him was about fantasy teams. Cause she was like, <laughs> yeah, we've not known if you're going to be fit all week, but again, like he's just, he says all the right stuff. And, and, he clearly has wanted this move for a while. Like we all knew he was leaving Leicester. He had suitors like Newcastle were in for him. There were other big clubs, but he, he felt like he was always a Spurs player, and he suits Postacoglu so well because Postacoglu is all about attack for fun, carry the ball, have fun. The reason I didn't buy a doge this week was I wasn't sure Spurs would keep a clean sheet. Like I don't. I didn't think Spurs would be keeping clean sheets, but they've just kept two. Like the game week two and three, both clean sheets. So again, like. I think there's more Spurs assets than just James Madison. Dogey the obvious one, but yeah, I like him. And the fixtures are all right for Spurs. Yeah. Definitely investable.
0: Yeah, it looks so good. And I think just, just to finish off on Madison, I think the key for him really is if anyone is has any lingering doubts um, you know it's, it's a case of he can achieve goals and assists he, he seems to be the mm. hub for, for both and when you're looking for these midfielders you want them to be capable of doing both and when we just look at some of the numbers after the first uh, three games as I said a lot of this from the scout members area to so get signed up if you want to have a look at this um, yourself he's basically in the top five for pretty much every possible metric you would want them mm. to be so Key passes played, nine. That is the joint fourth best. Uh, big chances created, two. That's the joint third best for Madison. Seven shots in a box puts him uh, in the top five for that stat. Uh, big chances total, uh, just the two. So he's in the top... It's uh, in the top four, but there's like 12 players who've had more big chances than him. But, that, but that's fine. That's okay because like his accuracy is still pretty good uh, as well. So he's had four shots on target so far, which puts him in the top three in the Premier League. So he's just... He's in the top three, top four, top five for lots of different stats. And then, of course, just improves the possibility that he's going to get something, whether that's a goal or an assist. And, of course, what we've got on the screen right now is that, yeah, we take the penalties out of the situation. Only Fernandes has more expected goal involvement than him. And that XGI is, is built up not just of goal threat not just of assist threat. It's both together. And it's looking very, very exciting.
1: Yeah, and top of this chart on screen is Bruno. So let's get to the Man United game because yeah. that uh, there was a lot of potential sellers this week. Some went there, some went I'll give him one more week. I think most that said they are giving him one more week are probably now holding long term. <laughs> yeah. So this is without the penalties and you he, obviously he's had a penalty and on penalties for United. I think they've we can see the average position map because yeah, I, right. said, yeah, I said I said without Mount. He I, I, I wondered with Mount if we had seen Bruno a little bit more advanced. And if you look at the average position maps from the games he played with Mason Mount, they were both a little bit deeper because they have to share the responsibility, right? When one goes, the other one sits. So Bruno at times was going more than Mount and at times Mount was going more than Bruno. But we can see on the left-hand side, like Bruno is super high, like as high as the number nine, as high as Martial. Um, and when he gets into those goal-scoring positions, chances fall his way. He provides them too, and he's getting the big chances. So the fixtures for him don't look amazing for United, but I don't think they have to be. I feel like this Man United team will score goals. Um, doesn't really matter who they're playing. Like Man United, Arsenal last season was loads of fun. I think was it two or three or something at the Emirates. It was a, it there was loads of goals. But also
0: um, Arsenal defense, yeah. to be honest, has been yeah. very disappointing Vulnerable. so far. Right? I mean, off the top of my head, I can't yeah. actually tell you where this game is played. If it's Old Trafford or the Emirates, but it's the Emirates. Yeah. The, well, in which case, yeah. I think there's even more chance of United goals because um the stat that I think stood out going into game week three was I'm pretty sure that going into the Fulham game, Arsenal had four clean sheets in the last twenty at the Emirates. I mean, she's not to say oh, they're geez. a bad team there. It's just the fact that that's where they seem to just overextend themselves which as you as you would as the home side you know you want to force the issue in games but it has yeah. left them exposed to the extent that they're, they're conceding goals at home I mean, you can think the Bournemouth game last year I um, think uh, just lots of teams can go to the Emirates and it, it's not that much of an achievement to get a goal there i mean it's certainly an achievement if you beat them because of by no means a bad team, but, um, you know, we're, we're, we're being very binary on this one issue. Can Bruno Fernandez score against Arsenal? Well, this is a team that's now kept four clean sheets in the last 21 home games in the Premier League and this is a player who's got the highest expected goal involvement outside of penalties in the Premier League after the first three games. So I agree. I think if, you probably were thinking maybe with Rashford, like I was with Rashford, this is your, you know, whatever you give me today, cheers Bruno, see you later. But yeah, now I think you hold him. I think you have to hold
1: him. Yeah, and, it's interesting because I know you're planning on selling Rashford, but you've got an amazing midfield already. Um, again, I'd struggle to sell Rashford this week, I think. And Rashford did score at the Emirates last year. I was I was there, uh, which was an awesome game. Ali, by the way, will be at the Emirates next Sunday watching this. And that was his prize for winning FPL. So that's pretty cool. Um, guys, awesome to see over 450 of you watching live. If you fancy hitting that like button, uh, then do so. Let's move to the Arsenal game who Man United play because they had shots of plenty against Fulham. Uh, I know the headline reads like it was a draw and Fulham were winning for ages. But when you look at even the XG uh, for the game, when you look at Arsenal's shots and shots on target too, they are starting to get into good positions. But I think this is more Fulham being vulnerable at the back without Tim Ream. And I think before game week three, we probably said Fulham were the worst defence in the league game week one and two. Like Everton game week one, somehow Fulham kept a clean sheet. Everton were all over them. Game week two, they were dreadful. Um, And game week three again. Look at all those shots in the box for Arsenal. Like, they're just not clinical enough. They're missing super big chances. Um, And we can see the green ones are the on-target shots. Like, so many on-target shots in the 18-yard box. Um, I think we can target Fulham still. And Man City have Fulham up next. And I still think Arsenal will continue to score goals. Um, And that Arsenal-United game is going to be a cracker. Yeah, I think so.
0: Yeah, uh, just a quick thing on the XG actually. I'm pretty sure that in the first game of the season, Everton's XG was like over three because yeah, Leno's, yeah. Leno's XG prevented was like plus 3.99 or something nuts. <laughs> I think I've ever seen that in one game. So fair play to Leno. Uh, that, as you, you said did get three
1: bonus points. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, yeah, hard-earned ones as well. Had that's to. that's really, that's sadly going to work, that is. But like... Um, the, the, the bottom line on Fulham is it, their defence is tremendously obliging. So, yeah, it, it, we can sort of loosely connect it back to what do we do with Foden? You absolutely leave him there because City should yeah. go through Fulham like a knife through butter. But, yeah, Arsenal um, are, are starting to sort of get into their groove a little bit more offensively because in the first game of the season, there was a lot of times where they couldn't move the ball quickly enough in their midfield and, and mm-hmm. unlock some of their players standing in space, like Odegaard Saka players. Like that. It does appear that they're finally uh, starting to get a bit of rhythm in, in midfield. Because which which is in transition, so it's understandable that there would be some teafing, some teaming problems. But yeah, I, I think there's going to be goals in that game, Arsenal. You know, I, I, there'll be people sat there with four midfielders from the two clubs, and yeah, maybe you might want to ditch one. But I wouldn't panic too much because I think sometimes we can get we can be a bit too spooked by the big teams facing each other, um, and if we just forget. Forget for one second who the teams are. Just scrub off the fact that it says Arsenal. Scrub off the fact that it says United. Just look at Team A and Team B. How are they defending right now? Well, we've got Team A, we'll call that Arsenal, uh, four clean sheets in the last 21 at home. So why would you sell attackers you are about to play that team, especially when they've got good XGI so far? Then Arsenal up against United. I mean, United aren't doing very well for clean sheets. They've conceded two goals at home to Nottingham Forest. You know, they should have, to be honest, been beaten by Wolves like (laughs) 3-1. And then of course, they've gone and lost 2-0 at Spurs. So that defence is not in a good place. Uh, Shaw is a massive loss for them. So it could be 3 all. So I wouldn't be too worried if you've got that whole spread
1: of midfielders across those two clubs. Shall we rank those midfielders and oh, see where okay. our top fives are? Because I'm just, thinking, as you're speaking, I'm, I'm trying to rank them in my head. So I'm happy to go first because I've had a bit of prep time on I'll this. But it, yeah, so if we, we're looking at, obviously, the three Arsenal, Odegaard, Martinelli, Saka fairly highly owned between them. Um and then Rashford and Bruno. I still rank out of those five, and therefore the guy I'm definitely won't be selling anytime soon. I still put Saka at number one. I'd go uh number two. There's not much between the two United lads, but I'd put United two and three. So I'd go Rashford two, Bruno three, but again, very little, little to separate them, especially a mountain out the team. Um Number four, I'd probably go Odegaard because we think he'll get some of the pens, right? Um, it maybe it's you go, I go. They're discussing it on pitch. So Odegaard actually handed Saka the ball on on Saturday. And I'm going to go Martinelli fifth, which is why I think he's the easy guy to sell if you want to go for Foden or you want to go for Madison or you want to go to Mbomo. Um, so I'm going to go Martinelli fifth, but it's with a heavy heart because I think he's an amazing FPL option and Arsenal are still producing chances. Um But I just, it's a case of going, you can only have five midfielders and how else do you get Madison? I'm not willing to sell any of my other mids. I think I am Martinelli.
0: Yeah, I I would sell Martinelli if I I had him alongside all of these other guys. If I had him, I wouldn't want to sell him for this week because I think the fixture's good. My top five is actually very, very similar. I actually went Bruno yeah. top because I'm a big man, a big stat man. And you love pens as well, don't and, you? And the 90-minute Penalties and the, the, the x mens and... Always fit. <laughs> so the thing about Saka is, I don't think he offers as much outside of penalties as people necessarily think statistically. He's a world-class player who regularly overachieves against his XGI, which is hard to predict, whereas like Bruno, for the most part, tends to perform in line with it. So, so Bruno gets the edge. Over Saka, Saka then comes second. Then Erdegaard, because yeah, you're right. Like he is kind of like a penalty taker or a 0.5 of a penalty taker because he may get some. Um, yeah. Then Rashford, and because I, I also just think that when we're talking about how these players sort of compare with each other Bruno is being played in his best position by his by his manager and then Mount being out means he's playing in his best best position uh, Saka yeah. and Erdegaard very much that's an Arsenal team being built around them Rashford right now is being asked to sort of like moonlight in, as something that maybe he thinks he is but nobody else thinks he is you know he yeah. is not a centre forward by any stretch now admittedly didn't play centre forward against Forrest Martial came in but then even that is a bit of a downer because I don't think Martial um, is the centre forward that is going to get the best out of Rashford, either. So then, all of those things just go into Rashford being fourth, and then yeah, Martinelli being fifth because of the five, he's the one with the lowest expected minutes. To be honest, because you've got yeah. um, other players who can come in and steal a spot. So yeah, I would I would sell Martinelli if I had the whole. If I had the whole bunch, he's the one who'd go. But don't take. I hope don't people think that means I think that this game is one to avoid. I think if you if you're only Arsenal coverage. Is Martinelli, which seems unlikely, but maybe is the case with some people. I wouldn't be rushing to sell him, but but yeah, the, but of course, Madison is.
1: You need to get to Madison, I think, um, to do. Yeah. Be aware
0: of that when we're thinking about that issue.
1: I really like I'm Madison. I'm just going to bring up Spurs' fixtures off the top of my he- head. No, not off the top of my head. I'm going to find them <laughs> uh, because the Spurs fixtures are. Oh, they're not even the best, but they're, they're all ones where you go, yeah, they'll score in that game, they'll score in that game. So yeah, they've got, coming up next Burnley away, now looks good. It's We didn't see Burnley game week two, so we didn't really know what Burnley were about because it's hard to judge them game week one against Man City but as we've seen them play again today against Aston Villa, we can start to read a little bit more into them. They're going to yeah. concede chances but they try and then and- it's Sheffield United at home. Two yeah. great fixtures.
0: Yeah, they're, they're fantastic fixtures and I think the thing about Burnley is you were right, we don't really know what well, we in Verticons don't really know what they can do in the Premier League, but we had, we've had a good inkling pretty much since company took over and England won promotion. Like, yeah. This is a team that isn't... this if, if, if there's anyone out there who's thinking that Burnley are going to stick everyone behind the ball, then like <laughs> jump in your time machine and head back to 2020 because this is not yeah. their way they play. And I think if there are Burnley fans in the chat, apologies, I'm not trying to be disparaging, but they've got a lot to learn about what they're capable of achieving. How much can they afford to bite off and chew in terms of how they play this possession-based game. Because if they try and play possession-based football against the likes of Villa and Spurs, they are going to lose 3-4-0. or Um, And we're already seeing that happen in many ways. So um, I I think it's a fantastic game for Spurs because Burnley have a decision to make. They 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 know they're going up against a high-intensity, high-press attacking team. So how are they going to combat that? are they going to try and combat that by sticking everyone behind the ball? Well, it's not really something that they're capable of doing. They have no practice doing it. They've got no experience doing it. Or do they try and go toe for toe with a high intensity press and and play Spurs at their own game, but pretty much man for man, they're a worse team. So it's it at the beginning of the season, I think it's it's they they need to play that style of football against Luton. They need to play it against you know yeah. um, teams like Fulham. Uh, they're sort of feeling their way in. So I just think that's a huge game for Spurs. I think Spurs can win at three or four nil. And I think if you don't have Madison for next week, I think you're going to be looking at the points he's getting from everybody else and getting serious FOMO. So.
1: Yeah, Burnley, Sheffield United, and then and to see Aston Villa, Bosi in the chat say maybe have Madison for two and then go to someone like Foden for two because Spurs play Arsenal and Liverpool. But I, I just feel like Madison is someone you you, you ride out in the tougher fixtures because Coglu teams will have a good go against Arsenal and against Liverpool, who Liverpool defense is so vulnerable. <laughs> I don't think they're bad fixtures for for Madison, and then I'd it's Luton and Fulham. So yeah. those those six games for Madison are brilliant, and you make a great case for uh, sort of state and how Burnley will play this season and you're completely right and I think Bournemouth are a similar team that you can put into that category they'll have a go they'll play nice football now they'll they'll probably win a fair few games when they're playing teams like Luton like um, Everton I don't know they'll they'll blow a few teams away Wolves Mm. maybe they'll have success against um But yeah, when they go up against the big boys, they won't change their game plan. They will still have a go. And that means they'll concede lots. I mean, Spurs against Bournemouth, I thought was going to be way tighter than it was. And I just just saw Bournemouth trying to out football Spurs (laughs) who just, they're just not as good. They're simply just not as good. Um so, yeah, maybe 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 that's what we'll see more of. Guys, loads of you have just joined the stream. we almost got 600 of you live. If you are just joining, we do these streams every Sunday at 7 p.m. So make a note in your diary, Sundays at 7 are a new stream for Scout. It will sometimes be me and David. Um, it will mostly be me and Ali, uh, Ali Hangarov, uh, winner of FPL. Hence the name, FPL Winners. Ali's a winner, but also we're talking about the Game Week winners. So touching on all the be- big results... All the big performances, and of course, who we're looking and targeting for the the week ahead. But yeah. David, I think that's probably what we've probably gone through a good forty minutes there and wrapped up all the main headlines. Right?
0: Yeah, we've done we've done the main things. I think we've got one more game that you uh, were are we're thinking of maybe having a look at, which I think was Brighton and West Ham because I suppose oh, yeah. losing a game. I love this is, Yeah, is is a nice one. But before we get to that, speaking of winners of the game week, winner of the season so far, potentially nominee here for Nick uh, Devon in the chat who says, "Remember me, David? Uh, I was." the guy in preseason hyping uh, cash predicting 4.5 and saying he's going to be essential this season i was getting hammered saying that he won't start games um and and we should all get mings instead uh, and then he's put hashtag buy the jersey uh, i might what well, i might do I, I i've got a brighton shirt over there which i've been waiting for my local sports direct to have all of the letters in navy blue for a supernan and they still don't have them in stock and i i i'm very upset about that um so it's possible that I may, on some stream in a couple of weeks' time, have Cash and a Stupid on the wall. So, yeah, it's it's something I'm considering, Nick. Thank you very much for the shout And thank you also um, for uh, giving Cash some love since the very beginning. Um, you've been vindicated. Today is your day, Nick. The stream is dedicated to you.
1: To <laughs> so well-done. That's brilliant, Nick. Well played. And look, there were a lot, me, myself included, saying I think Cash will become a rotation risk. We all knew he would start the season. But when Moreno is fit, I still oh, yeah. wonder... If, if he'll be vulnerable. But that doesn't matter. Moreno is not fit for a while when Cash yeah. is flying. So absolutely Ming's good as well. pick.
0: I think it's... The, the other thing, I yeah. just would briefly talk about Cash. It, the Ming situation is also one to be aware of because the reason why there was a little bit of um, niggly doubt about Cash over the summer was we did see concert play as a right-sided... Well, just as a right-back so that yeah. they could asymmetrically shift to a back three in using attack. Moreno yeah. or Dina, And then sometimes in preseason, they play Torres at left back so they could asymmetrically shift to a back three the other way and then have Cash play there. And we and, But basically, Ming's coming out of the situation means that Torres and concert both very much needed at centre-back in a world where Carlos hasn't really um, played all that much Premier League football since he's arrived because, of course, he had that injury last season as well. So I think for now, you are safe with Cash. But Johnny's right. Do keep an eye on that situation one week to the next, because as it continues to develop and if they get maybe they maybe bring in a new signing as well, um, if they can get to a stage where they can afford to rotate positions in the defence, um, Emery's not afraid of doing that. And of course, European football this season may uh, force that uh, as well. But speaking of teams of European football this season, we can talk about two who met in the same match uh, at the Amex uh, Arena. And wow, what a surprise result this is. I mean, I I did not see I was out on Saturday and then just sort of tuned in, desperately hoping that Pedro hadn't come on so Mm -hmm. I could get Anderson points. (laughs) And then he was forced onto the pitch because they were getting hammered.
1: What what, what went here? This was a prime example of David Moy's ball. It can be effective. Like You see this this heat map is amazing. Like I I, preparing for the show, like I I like to go in the scout members area and look at all the different drop downs and go, okay, I'm looking at this game. We want to talk about this game on the stream. What should we show? Is it the player's average position? Is it the shot? What's going to be interesting to the viewer? And I just looked at the, the average touch heat map. This is for the team. This isn't about an individual. The team of Brighton, when they had the ball, were often in the opponent's half, in and around the box, right? When West Ham had the ball, look at that. It's all in their 18-yard box. It's literally clearances and interceptions and blocks. And then it's a little bit scattergun down and you get a little bit down down the left-hand side as Antonio had a bit of joy on the counter. But we give managers stick for parking the bus. Now, this is a prime example of parking the bus. And Mourinho teams have done it over the years. And you can say, yeah, look, they've just parked the bus. They've always been deep. Lots of players behind the ball. But if you're creating big chances whilst parking the bus... Then you're doing something called very, very right, and it's very, very effective. Now the xG for this game, West Ham clocked over three xG with that touch map, with that heat map. That is amazing. That shows that on the counter attack, if you've got players like Antonio and Bowen, you can be effective and still create. Not just you're going to have one shot a game and part the bus No, you can have loads of shots per game and clock an xG of over three. Big legit chances and win football matches against very good teams like Brighton. Like, no one wants to go to the Amex and try and play deserbi. And if you match deserbi and play, try and play deserbi ball, he'll probably just play you off the park. So Moyes has been really clever here, and I love that West Ham can go and get that result. So fair play, you got to take West Ham seriously. Mm.
0: Yeah, well, big shout out to my dad as well, a lifelong Hammers fan, who uh, was yeah. a bit downcast coming into the start of the season, and is well, they were top of the league at one stage at uh, the weekend. So very happy for, for him, especially. But going into the fantasy assets, I mean, like Ward Prowse is is come in and oh. had an instant impact, which I actually suppose I'm not all that shocked by because he is obviously a quality player. But I think is he six million? I mean, he could be a steal this season. We've got Bowen and Antonio as well, looking good. Luton. Way next, I mean, it could be four or five if they play the way they did in terms of rooflessness. If we take that rooflessness from the Amex and take yeah. it to Kenilworth Road, it could be could be crazy. I mean, Man City and Liverpool are game weeks five and six, so the City one's not great but you've already said it Johnny that Liverpool defence I I wouldn't trust them uh, to arrange a certain number of nefarious activities in the places where they're normally supposed to be arranged right now because they're all over the place so they could score there Sheffield United at home game week seven it it also looks nice I mean they've got the problem with West Ham is their fixtures kind of go too good too bad because we think because you've got City and Liverpool then Sheffield United then you've got Newcastle and Villa and then Everton and then Brentford and then Forest and Burnley so it's a bit it's a bit bitty at the moment, but like I've got my eye on them. Like their players are on my watch list. It's just when to do it. The timing yeah. feels fiddly at the moment, right?
1: It does. It does feel fiddly. And I do think those that are wild carding will still, like the sales wild carding this week, I still wouldn't be putting a West Ham player in my team as good as they've been. I mean, Ariola is a 4.0 keeper maybe, because you could you could say, argue he's he's a better option than Turner, or maybe you'd want to go both. But yeah, War prowse Johnson says, with the good fixtures could be great. And you're right. When War prowse moves to another Premier League club, the first thing you think of is, what are they like at attacking set-pieces? Because they're about to get the best deliverer in the league, right? No one quite puts it on a postage stamp like War prowse And you go, at the top of that list, when you've got players like Zuma in your team, like West Ham, like they're going to be up there, Antonio. Um, So I like it. It's Suchek, so good in the air he's going to get tons of assists just from corners and free kicks alone. And then you get a bit of open play love. Yeah. Great, great signing. And we'll be a legit FPL option at 6 million if he is that when the fixtures are good. Um, So yeah, that was your West Ham and Brighton uh, breakdown. And look, as I mentioned, we'll do these um, and we'll show you if you're listening on pod. Great. I hope you're enjoying your Monday mornings, but if you can watch the YouTubes and you'll benefit from some of those graphics from the scout members area, um, we'll do this every week it won't be absolutely every game of the game week because to squeeze 10 games into 40 minutes <laughs> yeah. it's quite tough but we'll always do like I think we've probably done 7 today 7 of the 10 like we don't really need to discuss Everton Wolves today do we like who's good shopping <laughs> well, there?
0: I think, I think <laughs> yeah, Joe, uh, Joe Joe might want us to because uh, on Goals Imminent this week they were picking out a couple of Wolves differentials just for fun and well some of them came off but I mean that's a, a decent segue I suppose just to point people in the direction of, of other material as well if you want some of this stuff in yeah. more detail if you want all the information on those games Teams and, you know, so you can be super informed on those other teams. The scout notes on the Fantasy Football Scout website will give you all those details on your Everton's and your Wolves. For example, as you say, Pickford owners probably uh, need to go and have a long, hard think about what they've done, um, <laughs> for example. And that might help. Uh, and of course, you know, goals imminent will be on, on Tuesdays as well. And we've got videos and podcasts absolutely every day of the week uh, with some of the best fantasy managers and fantasy minds uh, in the fantasy world. So uh, do keep an eye on all of those uh, as well. And, of course, actually, you said it a couple of times, Johnny. I will take uh, the responsibility off your shoulders so you're not, um, you know, spamming people with it. If you've enjoyed this, hit that like <laughs> button as well. As you said, Johnny's had a bit of a rough uh, weekend with his FPL team. So let's see if we can bump up the mathematical uh, ratio of his of his happiness by counteracting that FPL score with some more likes on the video. Subscribe to the channel as well and hit that bell notification so you don't miss any of that content I've, I've mentioned. So, yeah, do, uh, do show us some love. It's absolutely free and it's a good way to support the channel. So, yeah. I will. I will
1: Thanks, shut mate. up. For appreciate that. That. <laughs> I appreciate that because I'm always happy doing the spamming bit. But if you, if you want to go ahead, that's fine. I suspect with me and Ali, it's going to be always me. <laughs> so it's not, nice to have a week off. Uh, but guys, thank you very much. And yeah, final thought from Dylan in the chat. My two favourite scouts, you've earned Aww. a presenters badge. Thank you, mate. Appreciate that, Dylan and David and I will be back in the not too distant, make sure you're subscribing to Scout and we will see you for more material on Monday, including burning questions and ScoutCast and all that jazz. But for now, he's been David, I've been Janny, and we've both been Fantasy Football Scout. Cheers, guys. See you next week.